Welcome to Create Your Own PR, the podcast for community groups, small businesses and thought leaders throughout regional Australia who want to learn the basic skills and build their confidence to gain media coverage in their local market. I'm your host, Julie Johnston, and the first media release I ever sent was via fax over 20 years ago for a charity fundraiser. Since then, I have built my career around media and communications and also continued to use it to promote the various community theatre productions I'm involved with. I've seen firsthand how valuable media coverage can be, whether it be to help drive sales, increase brand awareness or to position you as a leader in your field. In this podcast series, I'll take you inside your local media to help you understand what makes a newsworthy story and how to pitch it to the media. So, settle in and let my guests and I show you just how easy it can be to create your own PR. For generations, people have looked to their local newspaper to keep informed and stay connected with their community. In this episode of Create Your Own PR, we chat to Amanda Wright, editor of the weekly newspapers Mackay Sunday Life and Burdekin Life, And she's also a writer for Core Life magazine in Mackay, which is owned by the same publishing company. Hailing from New Zealand but now living in Dysart, Queensland, Amanda is passionate about serving her community by reporting on the news they need and want to know. This is one episode you don't want to miss as Amanda gives us the absolute lowdown on what you should be considering when you're pitching to your local newspaper or magazine. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you. So Amanda, could you give us a little bit of a summary about who you are and and how you got to where you are in your career to date? Uh, Yep, Um, I'm Amanda. I'm the editor of uh, Mackay Life newspaper. Um, I work for a business called Core Publishing and we look after three regional newspapers and two magazines. Um, I started my media career back in New Zealand in a small town called Ashburton and I basically started from the ground up in sales and um, worked for a very knowledgeable ad manager who believed in pitching concepts to clients rather than just selling spaces in a newspaper. So we uh, we're taught from uh, right from the word go, um, basically the art of copywriting, um, so that we could pass those ideas on to our, our businesses. And we had to learn how to write ads. Uh, from there, um, <laughs> it's almost a bit of a long-winded story. Um, our feature writer ended up resigning, and my advertising manager knew that I had a bit of a, a talent for writing. So she encouraged me to study journalism and uh, become the feature writer. So I split my time between uh, writing editorials for clients and doing this. Uh, and then my husband and I uh, moved to Australia. Um, we lived through the Christchurch earthquakes, and which wasn't very much fun. Yeah. So we wanted a fresh start somewhere where there weren't any earthquakes. <laughs> and um, ended up in a small mining town in the Bowen Basin called Dysart. So um, Dysart's very small, obviously no media organisations there, so I had to freelance for quite a while. Um, and it wasn't until 2020 when we launched the newspapers that I come on uh, full-time as a salary. Before that, I spent about eight years freelancing uh, for the different businesses. 
Wow, fantastic. And, you know, I'm really passionate about reaching people in regional and rural Australia. Um, So we certainly are talking to someone who is living very regionally in Queensland at the moment, which is fantastic. So Amanda, tell us about those three publications that you represent. Yep. Uh, so there's Mackay Life and Wit Sunday Life, and they're both community newspapers that come out once a week on a Friday. Um, and we call them a flip style format. So it's Mackay on one side and then Wit Sundays on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can cover both regions, but within the one print publication, which saves on print cost distribution, that kind of thing. Um, and then last year we launched Burdekin Life, um, which covers the Burdekin. Uh, so they're the three newspapers we look after. Yeah, and then you've also got a magazine as well that you look after, is that right? Uh, Core Magazine's been going around Mackay and the Whitsundays for around about 13, 14 years, I think. Um, And I started freelancing with them when I first moved to Australia um, about 11 years ago. So uh, it's been around for quite a while and I've been part of that team for quite a while. Um, And uh, it's also a flip format. So on the other side of Core Magazine is Tripping Magazine, which is a tourism uh, magazine. Yeah. And is that monthly? Uh, bi-monthly. Uh, it used to be monthly, but then it moved to bi-monthly, um, especially around the time of COVID, uh, mm. when a lot of businesses were finding things tough, and especially in the tourism industry for those really rough couple of years. Um, we found that by moving to bi-monthly, it made um, the advertising options a lot more affordable for the clients, so we were, were able to retain a lot of them, um, whereas, you know, monthly, they were just finding it a bit much to handle when when their sales weren't that great over that time. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And um, so if you've got like all those publications, you must be just working to deadline after deadline. Um, So (laughs) let's start with the magazine because um, some of our listeners might know that I also have a um, magazine that I publish locally in my community, which is a business development magazine. Um, I also go bi-monthly because Uh, sorry, we're quarterly um, because, yeah, even a quarter just jumps up on us so quickly. (laughs) So, you know, and I think a lot of people forget um, when you're wanting to be featured in a magazine, just how far in advance we need to be working to meet those design and print deadlines. So for Call magazine uh, in the Mackay region, can you tell us um, what are sort of your print deadlines? Like what's the sort of timetable you're working to there? Um, like we, we're pretty much on print deadline now for our next edition because it comes out uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So um, for us, uh, yeah, roughly, I mean, like you say, we start working on the edition about a month, six weeks before print deadline. Um, especially, we place a lot of emphasis on our photo shoots. Um, the sort of the concept with Core Magazine is that uh, it's we like to think of it as being a bit of a glamorous portfolio place for, for businesses and, and people in the community to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the photo shoot aspect, they get hair and makeup and photo shoot and, and it's really a whole experience for them um, and that takes a lot of time to book. So yeah. we start our photo shoots like a good month in advance um, and then have photo shoot days once or twice a week leading right up until deadline. Um, But I mean, to try to get into an edition, we really need to know one to two months in advance if if they're aiming for a particular edition. Um, And we theme our editions as well. So the one we're working on at the moment is mainly women in business. Um, So probably about half of this um, edition will be focused on different women um, in different businesses throughout the region. 
um, and then we have other, we had our wedding edition was the last one and, and we just have different themes um, throughout the year. So people know in advance which ones they want to be in as well. Yeah. And so people can, um, can they access your media kit online so that they can see what those themes are? Yeah, um, the, the media kit um, is more for things like ad specs and distribution um, and that, but if they touch base with our sales manager, Jess, um, or in the Whitsundays area, it's Jake, um, then they can help them with the themes for the whole year because the themes are already pre-worked out for the whole year. Um, yeah. <laughs> and with that magazine, so obviously there is advertising content and we'll talk in a little bit about the difference between newsworthiness and, and advertising, advertorial. Um, is there space in that magazine that people can put themselves forward for coverage that isn't necessarily a paid advertorial? Um, within Core Magazine, there's a small amount of space. Mm -hmm. So the majority of it is definitely paid advertising. Um, all the editorials are covered by advertising. Um, so it's it doesn't have a large volume of community news because we've got the newspapers um, for the majority of that. Yeah. But we do we do always save space, probably about three feature editorials per edition, um, which we will give to not-for-profits and individuals in the community doing amazing things. So, yeah. you know, it could be an athlete who's performing really well somewhere or um, like an example is with the RSPCA, they've got their Million Paws walk coming up in a couple of months. So that's an organisation that we're giving a free editorial to um, in the next edition. So we will do a combination of uh, newsworthy stories and not-for-profit uh, within that magazine. Fantastic. And I think, you know, you really helped clarify for people there to understand that lead time of when they need to really be starting to reach out to you. And I often say to people, even if something is just evolving, you know, to just give me the heads up. And even if you say, hey, it's confidential, I need you to keep this under your hat. If I at least know that something is brewing, I can kind of mentally leave space for it or check back in and go, hey, where are you at with that? That's a really cool story I want to tell. Are we ready yeah. yet? But if, if they spring it on me at the 11th hour, I've got no page space. I've got no, no capacity left to pull that article together, get the images taken, you know, times just run out. And then it often that's the, I guess, challenge with print is, you know, you then lose that timeliness, you know, like you're bi-monthly, I'm quarterly with my magazine. Um, you know, sometimes those stories then aren't relevant two or three months down the track. So, yeah, yeah so. <laughs> especially if it's based around an event too, um, like people need to be thinking a couple of months in advance um, and like with you, they're going to have to be thinking quarterly in advance if they've got an event coming up that they want to promote as well. It, you know, it could be a charity ball or something like that, but yeah, we need to know months in advance. <laughs> yeah. And we're good, we're good secret keepers, aren't we? Like you can tell us secrets and we will sit on them. It just about kills us and we want to bust sometimes, but we will keep your secrets. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, I chat with so many different people within the community all the time and and I form really good relationships with um, with people like, you know, the mayor or councillors or politicians and we'll usually quite up um, 
will usually end up having a chat um, confidentially and they'll always say, you know, off the record. So I hear a lot of stuff that I can't print. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, But it's fun. Yeah. So let's move to the weekly newspapers now. So as you mentioned, you've got Burdekin Life, um, which yeah. is, you know, supporting the air and Home Hill and Brandon communities there. And then yeah. you've also got um, Mackay with Sunday Life. So as you said, you know, one half of it is Mackay and the other half is the Whit Sundays. Um, so they come out on Friday. What day does it actually go to print? Um, so the Burdekin one comes out a little bit, um, that one comes out on Thursday and the Mackay Sunday one comes out on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Burdekin one will go to print usually on a Tuesday evening, um, <clears throat> sometimes a Wednesday morning. Um, the Mackay and Sunday Life one will go to print Wednesday afternoon. Okay, yep. Great. So those lead times are really important for people to know that (laughs) when they're wanting to be in Friday or Thursday's paper, it doesn't mean you can send it through at like three o'clock on Thursday afternoon Mm -hmm. and it'll make Friday's paper. Um, So talk to us about those deadlines. How far in advance are you working with the weekly newspaper? Um. With those, I like to say to people, um, try to get any information or let us know of something that's happening a week in advance. Um, The main reason for that is I will usually start to do my newspaper planning the Thursday and Friday prior to the next week's edition. And it seems seems early, but by that stage, we generally know the majority of the ads that are going to be in the paper. And the number of ads and how much money is in that edition dictates how many pages we can go to. Mm. And from there, we basically just start putting the big jigsaw puzzle together of, you know, we've got this many pages in general, this many in social, this many in sport. Um, and then from there, we're searching for the content to to fill those areas um, so that they're, go- they're going in the most relevant places. Um, but I will have all of my ads placed by a Friday. So by a Friday, I'm starting to look for content. Um, so if I know that people are coming coming to me on a Friday with letting me know about events on the weekend or stories that they need in next Friday's edition, um, then I can start the planning. And then that way, if I've got interviews to do or photos that need to be taken, they get arranged for Monday, Tuesday. It's still a really quick turnaround because Wednesday we're going to print. And I think the biggest thing for people to understand is because we go to print on a Wednesday, that doesn't mean send me information on a Wednesday mm. <laughs> because there's a big process that has to happen. That, you know, we need an image. We have to write the article. From there, our designers have to place it on the page. And then once everything's placed on the page, we have to go through and proof every single page um, before it then files get sent to the print. Um, yeah. And our paper's printed in Townsville. So that's why we have that turnaround time of of obviously it having to get printed, bundled, sent to Mackay or Burdekin and then distributed. So it's such a long process um, and it all comes down to a bit of a fine art. So really with a weekly newspaper, you want to be contacting your newspaper a week in advance at least to let them know that that's the edition you want to go in because that's when the planning is starting to happen. Yeah, that is fantastic advice and so interesting hearing behind the scenes of what's happening there. And for your team, do you have photographers on the ground in Burdekin and Mackay Whit Sundays? Uh, we do. We The majority of the time, um, and it seems to be a way that 
media seems to have evolved over the past sort of decade. Um, I remember when I first started with a daily newspaper, we had a big team of photographers yeah. who were just photographers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and the journalists would book time with the photographers to go out um, and meet people and get the photo and, and the story. Um, whereas now, more often than not, and even with your large um, mainstream media, the journalists are quite often your photographers now. So nine times out of 10, um, it's myself, my journalist, taking the photos for the stories. Um, but we do have a lot of freelancer photographers in the different regions that we pay to, um, you know, capture events. Um, and if we just possibly can't get to a certain area, we can ring them up and say, hey, can you grab this photo for us? Um, so we don't have any full-time photographers on the team, but we use um, we use professional photographers when we need to. Yeah, which means that if people are able to send a good quality, like a media quality image to you, that really yep. helps increase their chances of coverage as well. Definitely, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. So in the newspapers, let's break down a little bit the different um, sections that people might be able to, I guess, consider where they might fit in the pages. So, you know, if we start with what we call early general news at the start of the paper, can you talk us through the types of stories you're looking for there? Um, I mean, early general news, it, it really can be a, a really big mix of anything. So um, more often than not, it's going to be what we consider to be the most important news for the community is always what we'll put towards the front of the paper. Um, so more often than not, I mean, at the moment we're going through local elections. So, you know, mm. that's going to dominate a bit of early general news for the next couple of weeks. Um, generally, um, big state and federal news, you know, like if the Prime Minister happened to pop into town or something, that's always going to make yep. early news um, when the, the different, um, you know, state politicians are here and they're announcing something for the region. Stuff like that usually will be early general news. But also surprisingly, some of the really heartfelt community stories that we know people will absolutely love will also make early general news. So um, a World War II veteran who's just turned 105, um, there's no reason why that wouldn't make our front cover and be on page three. Yeah. Um, someone in the community who um, has achieved something amazing, like um, you might have someone who's well known in the community for running and they've just climbed Mount Everest or something like that, you know, that would make early general news. Um, it, yes, sometimes it's surprising. It doesn't have to be huge news. Sometimes it could be we've gone down to a local school and we've captured um, the children there um, doing something to fundraise for a charity. That can make early general news. It's It really is quite eclectic yeah. um, what can make yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and you've also got, um, do you have social pics in your newspapers as well? Yeah, we do. <laughs> and, and I think this is one of the most underutilised um, opportunities for people where they can get good quality images from their social event, send it through with a short blurb and it's fantastic coverage. Like, would you agree that that's a great way of getting some coverage? Oh, definitely. I mean, we love social pics because one of the big things with the newspaper is that it is formed around words, but I mean, it really is the visual aspect that will attract people to want to find out more about a story or, or an event. So I will usually try to dedicate one or two pages, if not more, um, in the social section for pages of social pics. And it could be, it could really be from any event. I mean, it could be a colour run, um, you know, where everybody's covered in yeah. all these different colours. 
Uh, it could be a, a charity ball. Um, it could, yeah, it, it really could be anything, any event whatsoever. If somebody can present, if, if it's an event that our photographer can't go to or we can't go to, um, if somebody can send us, you know, 20 beautiful, bright, colourful photos, then more often than not, we'll dedicate a page for it and in the paper. Yeah, I use it a lot for things like, you know, if a client has had a book launch or a, you know, a fundraising for a cause, you know, where you want to just keep that awareness. And it's also really good for corporates, you know, for businesses. It's often a nice way that's not sort of, you know, so advertorial or things like that. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like you might have a business who's just turned for like they're celebrating 50 years in Mackay or something like that. Um, you know, we'll put those social photos in. Yeah. And then obviously you've got the sports section as well. Yeah. Yeah. So sport, I mean, um, you know, we try to cover a mix of the big sport and the little sports. So, um, you know, like our main rugby league team here in Mackay is the Mackay Cutters and their uh, feeder team for the um, Toyota um, North Queensland Cowboys. Um, so, you know, we try to cover, um, you know, the, the top level rugby league because that's one of the most popular and most read um, sort of sections. Um, but I mean, our local bowls clubs will send in their results. And we actually have a very passionate bridge club who send us their results every week. Um, and so, you know, th that readership might be a slightly smaller base, but people are still interested in it. And because we really focus on the community, um, yeah, well, you know, we'll even do a story on on a kid who's one player of the day in a particular football club. Yeah. Um, if it's something that's that's given to us and we get a bit of a background story, I mean, it means the world to that kid and his family, um, and that's why we do it. So, yeah. And and I think this is a really important um, way to illustrate to you know community clubs and groups is that if you don't know about that stuff, you can't write about it. You can't put it in the paper, and you can't possibly get to every local you know under nines footy game and bridge club and bowls club. You know you really are relying, and I know these community groups are volunteer powered, but you really are relying on people to send you the images and the results or the in and a bit of a snapshot of information and you know most community media outlets would love like yourself you know absolutely do want to support their communities by by publishing that information but we need those community groups to send it in to us is that a fair comment exactly yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, um, you know, media um, and as a whole, I think, has been almost running on a bit of a shoestring budget for, you know, it's, it gets more difficult over time and especially over the last decade and, and then even tighter since COVID. And so what a lot of people probably don't know is that behind the scenes, there's quite small teams working mm. um, for media organisations now. So um, for our newspaper in Mackay, there is just myself and one journalist. And we, between the two of us, we do everything. And that means, you know, evening events, weekend events, and there's only so much, you know, we can do. So we definitely rely on the community a lot to send that information to us. Um, and the community do understand that they're very forthcoming with information and we really do appreciate the sports clubs that take the time to send us results and photos every week it really makes a big difference yeah absolutely so you know you touched on the fact that media keeps evolving and obviously online is such a big component now can you talk to me about how important is online online now for your media mix and how do you utilize that with the stories that you publish in the print mag uh, newspaper and magazine as well 
Um, online is definitely an important component. It's something that you have to have uh, because there are a lot of people that are interested in the news in a particular area because I think we live in a world now where people uh, quite often will move away from where their traditional home base is. Mm. So you'll have a lot of people who might have grown up in Mackay but they don't live there anymore. So it's not practical for people to post them the newspaper every week. They need an online platform. Um, or if people are on holiday or, um, and, and it is a, an important tool for getting your news stories out to a wider um, demographic as well. Um, with us, our main focus has always been print, which almost bucks the trend a little bit. Mm. I mean, you know, we've, we've been hearing for more than 20 years that print is dead, but we've always gone against the grain and basically gone, there's actually a really important market for print um, in various forms. So we've always put all of our effort into print and our online is really more of a backup, which is a bit different from a lot of other mainstream media now, but when we set out, we wanted to be different and we wanted to stick with the traditional um, print methods just to reach the people in the community who aren't necessarily online. Um, but we also understand how important online is to reach a, a large demographic, especially for the people advertising with us. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, the importance of visuals for that online. And when we we're talking before about the type of content we love having the community send through to us, you know, you can see that, you know, someone turning 105 that everyone knows in the community, that's going to get great engagement on social media. So I imagine, you know, those kind of considerations for that online engagement as well helps you determine what sort of stories you're covering as well. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I mean, we go through every week and pick probably our 15 top stories um, to put onto social media. Um, so the ones that have the best images and the best story to tell are the ones that are going to get shared on our social platforms. Um, and then the rest of the paper, I mean, the paper in its entirety is um, uploaded to our online website anyway. Um, but yeah, the most important ones will feature on social media. So the better the story, the better the image, yeah. <laughs> the more likely it, it will, you know, get a further engagement through socials. And what I do love about yours is because it is a free publication and it is so easy to read it online. Um, but I know your distribution is top notch as well. Like you are everywhere because I know when I do driving holidays with my family along the coast I'm that really fun person that everywhere we stop I'm collecting the local newspapers and magazines yeah. <laughs> so by the time we get home under my seat under my passenger seat it is just overflowing and seriously when I'm in your region you cannot miss it like you are everywhere so um, kudos to you and your team very you're a very small team um, because your distribution <laughs> is amazing so yeah now we've touched on it a little bit about like advertising and you know very much you know print publications or any kind of media publication cannot exist without some sort of revenue to to pay the bills um, so you know advertising is obviously a very important component can you I guess give people a bit of a definition from your point of view in relation to your publications the difference between something that you consider newsworthy to something that is advertorial and I appreciate there's a lot of gray areas there <laughs> Yeah, there is actually because it's it it's hard because um, what we would consider newsworthy from one business might, even though the theme might be quite similar, might 
sort of fall into the advertorial category for another. So it can be difficult to differentiate, but we yeah. we always try to do our best, I suppose, to go on the on the side of being generous. So if it is something um, that's newsworthy, then more often than not, we're you know we're more than happy to print the story without asking for um, any advertising contribution. Um, if we feel that it's uh, going to be content that people within the community really want to read, so I guess that's what it comes down to. Uh, the the biggest concept really for anybody to consider is um, will the the average Joe in my community find it interesting, um, and that sort of determines whether it's newsworthy or whether potentially it falls more into advertorial. And when it falls into advertorial, it could be like real estate can be a really difficult one because the real estate industry industry seems to have a lot of awards and then you'll have internal awards and external awards. So a real estate agent winning an award that's been given to them by their own company might not necessarily be newsworthy. We might find that, that that's something that will fit more into advertorial yeah. because at the end of the day, you're really talking more about the real estate's skills within that organisation, which you know is more business related. Whereas a real estate agent who perhaps has won an external award for something completely different we would probably find that newsworthy because it's it's a little bit more out there, it's a little bit more of an achievement and something that we feel they should be given, you know, recognised kudos for. So that's where there can be a grey area, um, but something that specifically focuses more on the business and what the business does and what that person does for the business is definitely more advertorial. Um, whereas something that it can mention the business, but if they've donated to a charity or they've done some fundraising, um, you know, for a local not-for-profit or some of their um, members have gone and donated their time to go and do something like a, um, a, a walk or something, that's what we would find newsworthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think it's how it's positioned too. Like I know when I work with clients, you know, we talk about bringing in that secondary talent, that third party talent. And sometimes they might actually be the star of the show in that particular story, you yeah. know, like, so you lead with them. So like the example you just gave, if it's a business that is sponsoring something, um, you yeah. know, I know I've done things with clients in the past where if they're making a donation to a local animal shelter, you know, the <laughs> your lead is the person with the cute puppies you know and you might be standing in the background of that photo but you're not the star of that show but you're still getting that kudos that your business has supported it but you're coming from an angle that you're helping profile that charity and the work that they're doing um, and that's what then makes it interesting to the community it's not about oh look at me I'm a you know great corporate citizen making this donation it's about hey yep. the animal shelter needs a hand at the moment you know um, we've just you know made a donation we'd encourage everyone else to do so as well and look cute puppies yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and like you say that's the difference between um, framing the way that uh, an article is presented to a media organization is that if you come at it from the charitable um Point of view where it's more about the charity, but then it mentions the business person who's done this amazing thing for the charity. Um, we're more likely to print that as as community news. Whereas if if it comes to us from the angle of I'm I'm this person from this business and I've done this, then that's where we'll perhaps go back to them and just say you know this is a little bit more sort of branding. Would you like or would you consider 
popping a, a branding ad on it to help pay for the story. Um, so, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, that's not the worst thing either, is that a lot of people don't quite realise that a little branding ad to get your editorial out there is actually more affordable than they may think because more often than not we won't charge them for the editorial we'll just charge them small and i think people um if they knew how affordable that can be would perhaps look at that as an option more regularly yeah absolutely i agree i'm a big advocate for people and saying to people that there absolutely is a time and place where paid advertising spend is a must and you know but what i'm really passionate about is showing people how they can leverage that spend with that with the pr you know um with that extra media coverage so you know particularly people who might have a regular advertising spend then looking for those options with those great news stories they can send through that become editorial so yeah and with those organisations, I would say to them as well, maybe don't be scared to negotiate with your media outlets so that you've got editorial inclusion included in their advertising budget. Yeah. So if we have people come to us um, and they might have, you know, a weekly ad or a monthly ad um, and, and we know that they have regular um, press releases or they quite often will uh, sponsor events, then we'll give them um, free editorial as part of that package so that they're getting a lot more value for their money and they know that they've got that platform to talk about whatever they want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also, you know, not being offended or feeling silly that if you reach out with the media pitch and you come back with an advertising proposal and say, hey, look, it's not quite editorial, you know, unpaid editorial for us, but here's what we could do. It's understanding where that comes from and then, you know, using that as an opportunity to go, oh, okay, how did, oh, I see now how that fell into advertorial and, you know, and that helps refine for future and you can continue building that relationship. So, you know, we've you've given a few tips for people when they want to reach out to you. Um, and I think people can already see that you're a good human who wants to do good for the community and tell good stories. So how do you like people to contact you when they have a potential story? I mean, there's lots of different ways they can reach out. I mean, generally people will either just give me a call or send me an email um, and it can be to let me know about absolutely any topic in the world. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's really diverse when it comes to the newspaper um, about what people want to talk about. Um, one that we've got going in this week's newspaper is there's a, a lovely um, elderly gentleman who has an issue with a new bus stop that's being built because... Um, it's basically there's a bus stop that's been moved from one area to another and he's worried that the elderly people can't quite walk there and, and there's not a sufficient ramp to get them up to the bus and he's worried about people falling over and and you know it's it's little issues like that that um to the general public don't mean a lot but to the particular demographic and to this man and other elderly people it's a real problem for them and something yeah. that was really upsetting to him and when we said that we would go and meet him and take him to the bus stop because he can't drive um and and have that conversation with him he cried um because he was just so overwhelmed with the fact that somebody was happy to try and help or just really to listen to his story um so i mean there's not really any issue or anything that we consider too small um, we always just invite people to to get in touch with us about what they want to talk about. Um, and we'll always let them know, um, you know, whether it's something that we can cover or not. Um, and from a business perspective, um, 
with tips in terms of when, when they're pitching um, an editorial to us that might have a little bit of advertorial content, um, one of the big things I think is, especially if an organisation is almost more like a, a, a national sort of organisation, is making sure that there's a good local um, angle to it. So one of the biggest things that I find is, is I get sent a lot of email, like national media emails every day, and it could be from national supermarket chains or national insurance companies, and they want, you know, to share a story about maybe a charity that they're doing some work for, but it has no local flavour to it. So the one thing that I'm always looking for is if somebody's going to come to me with something like that, at the very least, give me the contact details for a manager of one of the local supermarkets so that I can call them for a quote um, and a contact for the local charity. So, you know, if I use RSPCA as an example, you know, give me somebody at the Mackay RSPCA that I can talk to for a quote. That's what I would consider the bare minimum for me to look at that story and consider it. The gold star is if they've gone to the effort to go to that supermarket manager and they've already gotten a quote for yep. me, maybe a photo, and then they've already gotten a quote from the local RSPCA. Now you've got like a national supermarket chain story, but it's got two, it's got two local quotes in it. 98% of the time, I'm going to run that story in the newspaper. Whereas if they send it to me just with that national angle, I'm going to delete it. It's completely irrelevant to your local community without that local yeah. angle. And I love that example and that piece of advice so much because um, to me, it's that whole quality over quantity pitching thing. There's no point sending out a blanket media release to everybody um, yep. you know, like localise it, take the time to localise it to each um, location or media outlet you're sending it to so it actually Definitely. really speaks to them and you've helped do that legwork so they can see where it fits into their, their media outlet and why their audience would care. Exactly. Yeah, no, that is amazing. <laughs> so speaking of which, so we just touched on media releases uh, when I was just saying that. Do, do people need to send you a media release or can it be simple as an email that's giving you the who, where, what, when? Um, it can be as simple as an email that's just telling me about a specific, a specific event or something that's happened. Um, we're definitely more than happy to do the, the legwork, you know, for local stories. Um, if somebody goes to the effort of giving me a media release and it is full of local importance, um, the likelihood of them getting into an addition straight away is probably higher. Um, and that just comes down to time. You know, everybody's time poor. Um, if somebody's given me something and 95% of the work is done, you know, we will quite often just take that with a great big thank you and it's more likely to get published. Um, but you know, we still love doing the on the ground work as well, going, like I say, going and meeting the elderly gentleman. Um, you know, we actually went and picked him up from the retirement village, drove him to the bus stop so that he could point out the little bits and pieces that he was unhappy with and then take him back to his to his unit, you know. Um, there's a lot of stories like that that require a lot of work um, and we're happy to do that. Um, but it sort of depends on on what we're talking about as well um, and we'll do our best to 
to meet with everybody and, and go to all the events. But if somebody can take the time to send us a media release, it just it makes things 100 percent easier. It's probably less likely to get forgotten about as well, because I know one thing, um, you know, that people ask is if I haven't received a reply um, from somebody, you know, when is it too soon to go back to them and say, hey, did you get a chance to look at this or can you go to that? Um, I, I always say, if you haven't heard back from somebody and just gotten a simple reply within at least a couple of days, feel free to get back in touch and just say, um, hey, just double checking, did you get the opportunity to look at this? Is it something you guys um, would be happy to cover or is it something that you're happy to attend? And it could just be that it just slipped our mind to reply. Yeah. Um, and then that way we're more likely to get back to you and give you a yes or a no. And sometimes it may even be a, you know, look, we'd love to be there, but we're already covering another event at the same time. And, you know, we'll always say if you're able to send us a little bit of a, a wrap up of the event with some photos, you know we're happy to to rewrite it and make it sound great but just send us some bullet points and some photos and we can turn that into an article um so that's probably the middle of the road you know like a, a proper media release full of local importance with great photos gold star in the newspaper probably every time <laughs> um the middle of the road is hey i'm not a very good writer and i and i don't know how to write a media release but here's the details from the event and here's some photos love working with that too you know it saves me a lot of time i'm happy to write that up to make it sound great you know more than likely in the paper <laughs> yeah. um and if it's something we have to attend we'll let you know if we can or not that is amazing amazing advice and you know one last question you know what are some of the pitfalls that you know we've talked about a lot of the things we recommend people to do what are some of the bugbears and pitfalls that you see people do time and time again that you'd like to give a shout out and remind people, please don't do this? Yeah. Um, I think definitely send, sending us information about something um, that, that doesn't have local importance. Um, and I guess this differs from publication to publication, but, um, you know, our particular newspaper has always taken the view of we're, we're not really into negative reporting. We don't do any clickbait. Um, like we, we try to steer away from sensationalism news um, and we really focus on what we feel is going to bring positive benefits to the community. Um, so if we get sent something which is tearing down another business or is, is, has a really negative point of view, we're probably not going to roll with that. Yeah. Um, so if somebody does have, have a genuine issue, but they can reframe it in a way that shows that they're trying to do something positive to, to help, then we're more likely to, to look at that. Um, the other thing would be, you know, we talked about the importance of being able to su supply images. Um, when it comes to get, you know, getting published in the newspaper um, and one of the things and, and it can be harder for some of the older generation who aren't as tech savvy but having a good quality photo is really important and more often than not i'll get sent photos where i don't know how they've been downloaded or they'll get pasted into a microsoft word document or they just get degraded so much that by the time it arrives with me it's about five kilobyte and it's just 
awfully pixelated and blurry and I just can't do a thing with it. And, you know, and then I've got to go back to that person and try to explain to them how to try and find the original and how to attach it as a, as an attachment to try and get it to me. And it's, yeah, the, the, one of the most important things is just the way in which you source those images. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with taking a, a photo with a cell phone, but it's making sure that that original image gets sent to us, not something that's been downloaded and, and downloaded into a small format and then re-downloaded and then pasted into a Word document before it's sent to me because by the time it gets to me, it's just unusable. And look, I think the effort that you go to in that instance highlights just how passionate you are about serving your local community because in most other media newsrooms, um, the journo would just look at that and put it in the too hard basket and go, done, I'm ditching it. So the fact that yep. you're even following up and you are, and, and I know for me, I struggle with tech. So when that happens to me, it is excruciating. So trying to yeah. talk them through how to get the good quality original through to you uh, would be yep. super frustrating. And I'm going to add my bugbear on that is when people send um, like a Dropbox folder with like 100 images and I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. Just give me like your top five to choose from. I don't yeah. have time to go through a hundred images. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is a that is another big one because, like you say, if you look at something with far too many images, it almost does go in the too hard basket because you don't have time to scroll through the whole lot to try and find your favourites. Like, yeah, send us your favourites. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you're, you know, the people who are working in media are busy people, you're working to deadlines. Um, Amanda, I know you're working to deadlines and you've got your magazine coming out soon and you've got those newspapers you need to get put together and put to bed. Um, so I thank you so much for your time today. You have shared some absolute gold with our listeners and I really know that that is going to help them, um, not just when they're pitching to your publications, Burdekin Life, Mackay with Sunday Life and Core magazine uh, in Mackay you know they can take those principles and use that to apply to any uh, any of the uh, media publications in their region they're pitching to so thank you for your time and generosity of sharing these insights today. No thank you for the chat I think it's an important topic and and if we can help um, some community organizations get their messaging out there in an easier way then um, yeah it's been a pleasure. Thank you.